and welcome along to Watch the Chat with myself, Alison Craig, and the lovely John Wood. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Still in the building, podcast number eight. <laughs> and uh, well, we will not mention the rugby at Murrayfield. We're just, nope, we're just we rushing over that. Uh, however, we will mention it was Mother's Day on Sunday, so we hope you had a nice time in these strange times. Um, I went down to see Mum, and uh, well, actually, we slammed the lamb in. We slammed oh, the lamb in. Lovely. We slammed the lamb in as well. Very strange, that, because I mean, I haven't had red meat for ages, and I honestly couldn't get enough of it. I am now half man, half lamb. Well, half woman, <laughs> half lamb, I should say. Yes, yeah, so, okay, best move along, yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. Let's chop, chop, shall we? So coming up this week, we aren't, in fact, going across to meet a Scot abroad. We're going to meet an Irishman abroad because, of course, it's St. Patrick's Day on Wednesday and uh, it's any excuse for a party, frankly. Um, That's certainly the way we've lived our lives up till now and we've got no intention of changing anytime soon. Now, thank you to everybody that's connected with us on Facebook. We have got a Facebook page, which is uh, Facebook, obviously, What's the Chat podcast. And we decided to put a wee question up. What was your first crush? Mary Shield, she, which is a worry, was obsessed with the weatherman, Bert Ford, who must have been about oh, right. 40 and she must have been about 12. So there's definitely, but you know, age doesn't seem to yeah, be no. any kind of hey, problem in this whole exactly. thing. Exactly. It was a puppet for me. Uh, Christina, she had a mad crush and you can understand this because a lot of people did. Eoya uh, Kuriakin from The Man from Uncle David McCullum, uh, oh, the Scottish yes. actor, actually, because he always wore a black polo neck and had that sort of, um, sort of what was that? What was that cut? It was like a bowl cut. Christina was also a member of the Elia Kuriakin fan club, so Fantastic. she got big poster cards and his life story as a secret agent. Great. 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 Do you know what triangular badge he used to wear? I'm going to yeah. bore you now. They all, you know how all the man from Uncle, <laughs> all the man yeah. from Uncle people had triangular badges. Uh, Napoleon Solo was number eleven. Ilya Kuryakin was number two, and Mister Waverley was number one. I don't think he was I'd a want chief to be honcho. number two. <laughs> Is he a he shit agent? A, I was strained to get the thrush. Strained to get the thrush? Well, thrush was the what enemy. Oh, thrush see, was, was the enemy in the mouth. Well, thrush is the enemy for most women I know. I didn't really realise that Helia Kuriakin had a problem with it as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, they all had up Napoleon Solo, Mr Waverley. They all had thrush problems and not a, not a jar of cream inside. Jean was in touch and she loved... Little Joe from Bonanza. Now, I know you were a big ah, Bonanza fan, love John. Bonanza. Well, I Googled him, uh-huh. and he was also the dad in Little House in the Prairie. Exactly. And he was also in Highway to Heaven. He played the angel. He directed quite one. a lot of them and wrote quite a lot of them, actually. He was oh, quite a very, he? Michael Landon, very successful. Michael Landon, that's it. I couldn't yeah, remember his name. Well, speaking of Little House in the Prairie, James, he was torn, he was torn between Mary from Little House in the Prairie right. and uh, the dog from the badly subbed children's programme, Bell and Sebastian. You know, he was between a quadruped, basically, or a, or a girl. So um, split the difference. I like uh, Irvin's sort of take on this. He liked Lady Penelope because she was hot, as he says. But for me, he says, it was a fries, Turkish delight woman. Can you say fries, that again? Fries, Turkish <laughs> delight. Oh, is it? Fries, Turkish delight. There you go. That was some- Linda Whiteford, she was uh, mad about Stuart Granger. Now, he was a very good-looking, <gasps> older Hollywood Sports sort of man. Yeah. My mum loved him, actually. But, I mean, Linda is like our generation and clearly my mum's not. So, yeah. again, it's the older man. Th- I mean, a lot older. Yeah. I mean, well, like a pensioner when she was a child. Yeah. Chris, he, he liked Hayley Mills. Saw the oh, film yes. Parent Trap. Smitten. Smitten, he just oh. been smitten. 
Gary Watson, he actually had the same crush as my husband, which was the blonde in ABBA. He said that she was on top of the pops um, and she had on a blue all-in-one catsuit and there was a little heart-shaped hole just where her belly button is and he said it just about drove him to complete madness as a 12-year-old sitting in Edinburgh trying not to look interested, you know, as sitting there watching it with his family. Adrian liked Flower from the Foresight Saga. I, oh, I actually interviewed Susan Hampshire. She had <gasps> uh, dyslexia. And she was very open about it and she did a lot of work, a lot of positive work for it. She was at the Kynes Theatre and I just happened to be in the bar and she came to me first and she sat down. Vision of beauty. Absolutely gorgeous, yeah. Oh my And a very nice person too as well. Well, Suzanne was, uh, her first crush was George Michael. I think as a lot of people felt like that. My friend Susan had a George Michael uh, pillowcase, which she took everywhere with her. You know, if she went on holiday, she took the George Michael pillowcase with her and was always seen to be resting her head on George Michael. Well, Gary said, if it's a puppet, it's Aquamarina. If not, it's Alexandra Bastedo. I don't know, who's Alexandra Bastedo? Aye, that rings a bell. I think she's a sort of 1970s Bond girl or something like that. We'll have to Google her, I think. Catherine confessed her first crush was Top Cat. A cartoon, you see? (laughs) So you're not alone with all these sort of strange puppety things. Well, Irvin, like Lady Penelope. And you do actually have very good Parker. Yes, belady. It's uh, Gordon, Gordon said the, the girl on the horse and white horses. Remember this TV series, White Horses? I remember was, the theme. Uh, I don't remember the girl so much. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't remember. I remember the white horse, but that was about it. Uh, Dawn said uh, <laughs> her first crush was Charlie Drake. <laughs> but still, you just never know, do you? No, what, what's no, going to tickle no. your fancy, as no. they say. We also had some responses from the emails and people have actually, well, one of them is coming up just now who had a major crush on the same person that you did. Oh, Donny Osmond. I was just sitting, you know, at work one day and I was thinking, I'm going to listen to that podcast. I popped it on and I have to say I had such a good laugh. And then I was just thinking about all the different things that happened to me. Oh, it's just been great. So I'm delighted to be on it. From what you said in your email, you were a bit of an Osmond fanatic as well. Oh, absolutely. It was just Donny, Donny, Donny. (laughs) He was just the one. I mean, wasn't he just lovely? And the great thing... And he never let us down. You know what I mean? He never, ever turned into a sort of drug using, you know, down. He never did all that. He I, just found, I found lovely. that disappointing, to be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> from a male perspective. <laughs> it was never shop. David Cassidy no. then, Gaynor. No, you see, it was so funny at the time because I think I was about 12 and David Cassidy was only for 13-year-olds. He was an older man, in my opinion, so 13-year-olds plus would like him. But no, he was just that wee bit too old and too worldly and not really. Whereas Donnie, and you know, and I even know his favourite colour. Puppy love. Oh, What about the rest of the Osmonds? I mean, they were just kicked into touch, were they? Yeah. Who was your next favourite? Mine was Jay, the drummer. I liked Alan. You know, the older Alan, one. Yeah, he was kind of older, yeah, but he was still in the Donny looking kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he was in the Donny thing. Hair. And I used to have, I had, my whole bedroom wall was completely plastered with his. And that was the only thing when I was 12 that was plastered, by the way. But my bedroom wall was completely plastered with Donny Osmond's posters. And I was just thinking, you know, where did they all go? Where did all the posters go? Where did all the posters go? There's a new Osmond single that's out at the moment. I would have gone for the mother in the Partridge family. She was gorgeous. <laughs> and also David Cassidy's sister in the Partridge family. She was gorgeous. Susan Day. She's Susan in Day. LA Law. She was lovely. Well, every week, 
Jackie would come out and Jackie was like the one and only best magazine for teenage girls. I used to really look forward to going to the newsagents and picking up my Jackie um, and reading the Cathy and Claire problem oh, page. And I've since met the person who answered the problems and I was very disappointed to find out she just made it up. <laughs> and she also did the horoscopes and she made them up as well. Oh. <laughs> one time they were doing a big, huge poster of Donnie and it came in four parts. You had to collect it over four weeks and each week you had to peel back the staples to get out the middle bit so there was no holes in it or anything. You had to get the four and put them together and make one big enormous picture of Donnie's face. But I did and as I was emailing you it suddenly occurred to me so you had to stick them all together to make it to put it up on your wall. I stuck them all together with celery on the front. It never occurred to me until in my age that maybe I should have stuck it on the back. 30 years later or more. <laughs> Donnie Osmond's face with lots of strapping on it, basically. It went yellow over face. the years as he sat out there. Not his face, just the sort of cross shape of the, of the silly thing. <laughs> and a lot of my friends had horses. What, in their bedroom? If, well, yeah. yeah, I know. Not yeah. actual horses. You mean posters of horses? Posters of horses, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, Gaynor, you mentioned work earlier on. What, what is it you actually do? Oh, I have a jewellery business in Edinburgh called McIntyre. Most of our staff are on furlough, of course, but there's a skeleton staff. And what we're doing is web sales and also live chatting online with people. And we help them to pick things like wedding rings. The one thing you cannot cut out of your wedding is the ring. Please give us the, the website so people that are oh. listening can have a, a look because, you know, everybody likes a sparkle and a jangle. Absolutely. Well, it's Oh, Brilliant. Next, we're chatting to a guy, Dave Williamson, who's played the bass for Majeure for, gosh, almost 20 years. You'll hear the chat we have with him next week. But of course, we took the opportunity to ask him about his first crush. And he actually came face to face with this one. The thing about musicians is it's a hard thing to earn a living at consistently. So a lot of them have other gigs and other jobs that they do. And I was working for a firm in London. I got given this address and I looked at the name on the on the, the job card. I thought, familiar? Why is that? So this posh house just off the back of, um, uh, just literally around the corner from Harrods. And beautiful sort of white frontage and uh, uh, windows etched glass and... Um, brushed aluminium and steel ever beautiful house so I went up and rang the doorbell and the door swung open and it was Jerry Gillespie from Pan's People <laughs> oh now you're talking and I I, I turned I into a, 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 a babbling fool <laughs> I mean I must have been I was probably in my 30s by that time but she still was oh, still is stunning yeah. and I, I just I made a complete fool of myself I couldn't string a sentence together <laughs> I just turn back into your sort of 14-year-old yeah. self, imagining yeah, yeah. you dancing on podiums yeah, yeah. and but diaphanous she, oh. flutes. But she, she was always my favourite in past people. Yeah, so I'm, I'm the same. Was, I'm the same. Very posh man. as well. Very posh. She, she was lovely, yeah. But mm. her husband turned up and walked up the steps next to me just as this was going off. <laughs> uh, Rob, oh, come on, so he was a big wheel in, in, in the record company, uh, record business. And he came up the stairs and he gave me this withering look as if to say, oh, not another one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that, was, that was a real, uh, you know, loss for words moment. Oh, 
So that was Dave Williamson, who is, um, yeah, the bass player from um, Majeure's band. And he's going to be talking about the wild and crazy world of rock and roll next week. But you haven't told us about who your crush is yet, John. But here, here's one from the past, and I bet you don't know who she is. I had a picture of Kathy Kirby on my wall. No. See? Blank. Kathy who- Kirby was a Marlon Monroe lookalike. She was a singer. She actually represented uh, Britain in the Eurovision Song Contest. So she was a real person, not yep. a puppet. Not, not, a puppet. Not, not a puppet. No, because she was you or, did or a doll. have a crush. You had a crush on a puppet. Venus from Fire Venus. Electro 5. There you uh, go. Steve's bit in the side. I didn't like oh. the fact that Steve didn't treat her well. Um, <laughs> Even no. though she was a puppet. You see, that's, that's an interesting question. I don't know if Steve from Fireball mm. XL5 was married to Venus. They had a relationship, but in the middle of the relationship was Robbie the Robot. Good heavens, what sort of thing? Was this a children's this program? A ch- <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe this was a club I went to. I can't remember. <laughs> Well, my first crush, big crush, was the boy from Skippy. Oh, yes. You know, what is it, Skippy? Do you want me to follow you? And uh, if you can do your Skippy impression, please. Thank you. <laughs> do you remember the theme tune? Yes. Anyway, I loved him, little freckle-faced oh, boy. And Skippy was brilliant him. at finding helicopter crashes. He was incredible, wasn't he? Why? I mean, why don't we celebrate the kangaroo more? Well, I think there were there was more than one Skippy. I think they had about three I won't or four have that, that John. I won't have that. I just won't have it. Well, here's another crusher for you because we went to Marathon, which is down in the Keys area in Florida, uh-huh. and that's where Flipper was filmed. Oh, and there was more than one Flipper. You see, you're just you're Sorry. just pissing on my chips, frankly. <laughs> this is not good enough. Pissing on your chips. I usually take salt and vinegar on the back. Excuse me, well, can you piss uh, in that? Okay, you tell me. You, you tell me. That's then salt and sauce. What is the sauce? Um, brown sauce. It's brown and vinegar. Mm, you see, you only get that in Edinburgh. Really? You don't what get do you, that. You don't get that in Aberdeen. You just get, you get salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar. You get salt and vinegar in Aberdeen. See, I like salt sauce and vinegar. I like, I like the mushy peas as well. I I like the I like the brown sauce or the, whatever it is now. Now that I've been here long enough, I've, I've yeah. you know I've, I've you can assimilated. buy chip sauce. Chip shot sauce. <laughs> and that's without a drink. <laughs> yeah, chip shop sauce you can buy. You can't see it, but you can buy no, it. You can. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah. It all coming back now. I know what you're going to see. I think I know what you're going to see. We were in a taxi, funnily <laughs> enough. Is this the one coming? No, yeah, but I remember. Going, going home down, uh, down, I don't know, down Hamilton down, down, Place it was. Yes, that's the one. Stopped off at the chip shop, fell out. Labadora. Not fell out, fell out of the taxi into Labadora. And there was a guy who worked there who ran it, probably owned it. He was quite short. Yes, diminutive. And as diminutive. And when he stood <laughs> behind the counter, there was antlers that were hanging on the wall. But if he stood in the right place, it looked like the antlers were coming out of his head. And I remember you chatting to him, you know, no, I think I'd like that over there. So he was moving around and then we got him into exactly the right picture and I took out my Kodak Instamatic. 
or whatever and took about I don't know how many pictures because it was one of those moments remember when you used to have to go into Boots the Chemist to get your photos back yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> excuse yeah. me are these yours madam it was like 12 of the little man in the chip shop with antlers it was like yes thanks very much that'll be a complete waste of money I'll have those <laughs> I remember once you'd had a few berries you, obviously you got the fish and chip shop it used to be a great fish and chip shop to stop but it's no longer there unfortunately and uh I always fancied a, a smoked sausage supper. But see, when you've had a few, few drinks, you go, uh, see, when you smoked sausage supper, you smoke, single fish, mate, single fish. <laughs> Well, last week, you may remember, we chatted about uh, John's friend, Kenny Kemp, who can remember the school register from, well, way back in the day when John was just a little boy because they were at school together. And we're delighted that we have, in fact, got Kenny on on the podcast this afternoon. How are you doing? I'm well and delighted to be on. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. That's an absolute delight. You can still remember from 58 years ago, the primary one register. I think it's either primary one and primary two. I can still remember it. It was drummed into us and, and it became like a, a poem. And it just stuck in my head for years and years and years. And, 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 and it's sort of, I, yeah, it's still there. Let's hear it. Okay. Arnott Balfour Ball, Callender Cowie Cowney, Cunningham Field Gilchrist, Harris Johnston Johnston Kemp, that's me, Little McLean, McQuirter, and there's lots of Murray, Mitchell, Muffet, Mully, Murray, Mycura, Nash, Nicholson, Roy, Somerville, Stuart, Thompson, Watt, Wilson, Wood. <laughs> I was always at the end, though. Always you were always at the, at the end. end. In so yeah. many ways, John. Oh, that's remarkable, Kenny. Honestly, thank you so much for that. Because I have to say, when John comes out with these remarkable uh, you know, announcements, I, I quite often think to myself... That's obviously a lot of nonsense, but I hand it to you. You you knew it inside out and back to front. Well, that was Kenny Kemp, but there is much more to his skills and talent than just reading school registers, because let's face it, there's not a lot of money in that. Uh, Kenny actually ghostwrote <laughs> uh, for Richard Branson, his autobiography, lived on Necker Island, there's a beauty, and uh, also looked several other books and uh, fascinating. So we'll be hearing more from Kenny Kemp. What did you have then to eat? Pork. You say pork. I say pork. I just said pork. And you, no, you said say pork. 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 What do you say? Pork. <laughs> pork. So what do you eat? Pork. What do you eat your dinner with? A knife and fork. Fork. <laughs> no, I yeah, fork. Fork. Yeah, pork. so and why would yeah, fork pork. Oh no, it's pork. Fork pork. Fork, fork and pork. pork. <laughs> For fork's sake, it's pork. It's pork. <laughs> it's no, Why would it be pork? I'm not going to continue with this. <laughs> Let's cut the whole thing off. Let's have a bacon sandwich instead. Welcome to What's the Chat with Alison Craig and John Wood. Thanks for listening. Uh, a date for your diary. It's a wee bit far in advance, but April the 14th is Jerry Anderson Day. Now, if you're wondering who Jerry Anderson is, if you remember Jerry and Sylvia Anderson, they were the creators of such wonderful shows as, well, one of my favourites, Farwell XL5, uh, oh, Stingray, Supercar, uh, <laughs> Joe 90, Captain Scarlet, 
all of that stuff. And they're having a celebration of what would have been his birthday. And uh, if you go onto the website, there's going to be programs you can download, etc., etc. I once interviewed him. It's such a, a genteel man, very, very genteel, lovely, lovely man. It just looked like one of your favourite uncles and very Aww. quite quite well spoken as well. And uh, talked to him about, you know, how he got his ideas and him and his wife, very creative, incredibly creative people. And I says, you know, all the voices of the characters, because Captain Scarlet was, uh, I think it was Captain Scarlet's boss was based on Cary Grant. But Ooh. probably one of the most famous voices is Parker. And I said, so how did you get the Parker? Yes, my lady. How did you get that well, voice? You should have got you. That sounded just like <laughs> I, said, I said, how did you get... Anyway, he said, um, <laughs> I was invited by my MP to have lunch at the House of Commons. And we're just sitting there, and it was at the time where I was looking for voices, and I always kept my ears open to see if there was any characters I could possibly use. And uh, this waiter came over on the uh, the balcony of the House of Commons and said, are you two ready to order, says? <laughs> and that was him. That was, he Is says, that that's right? it, that's Parker. And he took that voice and he made, so Parker was a waiter in the House of Commons. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, you often, I often wonder, you know, about cartoons and where they actually get the voices from. It's, it's very, very interesting. I mean, um, was, so Jerry Anderson's wife worked with them then? Yeah, Sylvia Anderson. There was, I think it was a production company. I think the family are involved in it now because if you do join, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, memorabilia that you can, you can buy. You can buy. Uh-huh. I actually had a Thunderbirds one. Uh, uh, was that the green thing? No, the green thing was Thunderbird 2. That was driven oh. by Virgil. Scott oh. was number one. I always felt sorry for Alan. I think it was Alan or Gordon. I think Gordon was under the water, so he was out the way. But poor Alan <laughs> was away up in the space station oh out of Earth's orbit. You know, this poor lad's like, oh, just get to Alan. We didn't like him. You know, he's like, <laughs> He's, a, he's, a, he's nothing to do with the family. In fact, I don't think he's one of the traces. Get him out of here. So he was stuck in a spaceship away up there, you know. They were all, they all used to congregate in a sitting room. And then the call would come in, you know. I remember that bit. Are go. And yeah. they went to their, their portrait. The eyes used to light up. And then the portrait would slide back. And they would just slide into the uniforms. And then next minute, they're actually in the spacecraft. And they're, they're off on their mission. Oh, Brilliant. Oh, Absolutely loved it. And the cartoon really... series is very good. If you get a chance to watch Oh, that. oh John Jeez, Wood. I'm on, I'm I think we found you. You certainly are. Oh, sure. What is that tattooed on your neck? Oh, it's Jerry Anderson. Jerry Anderson, that's right. Oh, that's nice. Yes, the lady. International, intergalactic, Scots abroad. Way, hey, so spin the globe and let's find out where we're all going today. Hey, international, intergalactic, Scots abroad. Way, hey, so spin the globe and let's find out where we're all going today. And normally on the podcast, we have um, a Scot abroad, but St. Paddy's Day, we're having an honorary Irishman abroad this week. John Malloy, you're not in Ireland, are you? You're in Luxembourg. Yeah, I'm the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg. I've been here for the last 30-odd years, uh, practising my accent. I could listen to your accent all day and all night. So glad you like my accent because, you know, I don't know about you, but you hear yourself on, on phone or on tape or whatever, and I just... It seems very, very flat compared to your dulcet tones. Oh, not at all. What do you, no, what do you no. miss about back home, John? But apart from the black stuff, uh, the good old Guinness, what else do you miss? Well, it, it's definitely the sea. You know, we're an island race like yourselves. I'm four hours' drive away from the nearest 
sea and that happens to be the channel. And it's just the smell of the sea, the smell of the, the air, the, the wind in your face. And for, especially for the first number of years that you're abroad, when you go back home, everything seems to smell different. You know, that's it. And of course, family. Confusing beyond the two Johns, actually. But John Malloy, Luxembourg, you've actually got a pub, haven't you? I have. I have. There's a... Uh, a few of us, which we set up nearly well, 30 years ago now. Yeah, just for a bit of fun. So uh, it's still going. and it'll Hopefully it will last us all. So yeah, it's, it's all good. Now, obviously, being an Irishman, Guinness is very, very important. So do you manage to get it easily in Luxembourg? We've got a steady supply, John. Without that, we'd be lost, both mentally and physically, but also for the pub, because it's called the Black Stuff, and which is based on good old Guinness, as you know. Yeah, it's, it's been our mainstay diet for 30 years. So keep it going. So St Paddy's Day this year, um, I guess it'll be a wee bit different. Last year, it actually closed two days before Paddy's Day. You know, with all our plans, we had the, and all of that sadly had to be cancelled. I, I, I was trying to remember some of the old Paddy's Day I had throughout the world. And there was a fantastic band in uh, London. I don't remember much about the night, but the, the name of the band was Paddy Goes to Hollyhead. <laughs> love it, love it. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. As usual, Paddy's Day is always for the foreigners rather than the Irish. Um, so you don't we partake. Never really, <laughs> we, we can't, we can't promise that. Now, John, is, there is another little string to your bow. You're a bit of a film star as well. That's something I like to keep under my hat, John. As you know. <laughs> 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 That's funny because I've got a, an autograph photograph sitting right here in my studio, so not that much under your oh, hat. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it'll be worth a fortune on eBay. You're the only one that has one. Um, <laughs> every three or four years, something comes up, and it's it's a it's a very different way of life, and it's novelty. And I get I get brought to exotic places like back home to Ireland and in Scotland, and it is just a breath of fresh air when it. Fortunately, turns out. <laughs> Good old James Cosmo was in it. Fantastic man. Lovely character. Damien Bishier, who uh, he was up for the Oscar two years later for a thing called Another Country. Um, and this was just in a very, very small town in southwest of Ireland. Uh, very inaccessible. It beats a Friday, dreary Friday afternoon working as a, a nurse while accountant in uh, sunny old Luxembourg. Yeah. And the name of the film, because it was a great story. Yeah, that was called The Runway, yeah, and it was based on a, a plane which was crash-landed in southwest of Ireland in Mallow Racecourse. And the pilot was Mexican, and he stayed with the plane, I think, for about six months. And it was it was huge news back home because they had to build a runway because it was in the middle of a racecourse so the plane could get off. Every day there was a news story about it for a few minutes. Lovely man... Ian Power was the director and screenwriter. He just made up a farce about it, but it was a lovely, lovely story. And uh, yeah, I recommend anybody see it. Good yeah, where, where can we see it, John? Amazon is probably your best. I, I presume blockbusters are no longer there. Maybe in Luxembourg, but not here in Scotland, I have to say. But uh, well, we'll find the link and drop it into the podcast notes because uh, it's a cracking wee film. And uh, I know you come regularly to Edinburgh because you had the incredibly good taste to marry a Scottish woman. So You're dead right. You're dead right. I'm very, very happy. Well, have a wonderful St. Patrick's Day, John, and uh, give our love to your good lady as well. And one last thing, we're, this week's podcast has a theme of your first crush. Oh, my God. Now, who or what was it? I, I, I was a late developer. It has to be Debbie Harry, God bless her. When I, the first time I saw Blondie, there was an awakening. 
I was going to say, that's a hell of a long wait. <laughs> God, you must have been going blind. Well, at least. <laughs> God, you wait to that long. Least said, soonest men to John Wood, John Malloy. We don't want that sort of nonsense on this podcast. Thank I'm you. over here, John. I'm over here. <laughs> Yeah. And one of these days, I will, a- co- will come across to Luxembourg and set foot in the Black Stuff pub. I think everybody should make that pilgrimage. The red carpet will be out for you, John, that's for sure. <laughs> Do you sell tenants? <laughs> we might procure the odd six-pack if he's coming over. So give, give, us, give us notice. I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring my 3D model of Debbie Harry. That should get me through the door. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, my darling. Take, take care, good John. care. Lads, take care. God bless yeah. you. Love. Bye-bye. One of the programs I was going to talk about, I watched it on Catch Up on the BBC, and it was Hattie, uh, starring Ruth Jones as Hattie Jakes. What an it's, interesting life what she a, had. Interesting. My goodness. I mean, Jean Le Mazzurri was married yeah. to her, Sergeant Wilson in Dad's Army, and uh-huh. uh, they had two kids, and then she had a lover. She was going to a gig, a charity gig, and he was the driver. Nice. She met him, and then next minute, falls in love with her. He then moves into the house. John Le Mazurier has to then move out of the bedroom into a single bedroom. The lover moves in with Hattie Jakes to her bedroom. And then eventually, John Le Mazurier marries one of Hattie Jakes's pals because she encourages him to do that, because that takes the heat off of her publicity-wise. It's him right. that's wandering away and not her uh-huh. and then eventually the lover after eight years of going out with her they go to Rome and he gets off with someone else so she's left on their own it is what, the most you... strangest relationship story I've really? ever really yes and where did you get that because I'd quite it's like on to BBC iPlayer it's just called Hattie. Right. Hattie it's Ruth Jones that plays it she's great at it well worth watching and it's all true yeah. it's all true I have to say when I did watch it and then I watched Dad's Army you look at John Le yeah. slightly differently you think gosh you poor thing although you know somebody else would have said grow a set well, I know, and that's exactly one of the lines in the the um, the show. But at the end of the day, he wins because she has nobody, and he's now happily married to one of her best friends. She's on her own, so you, you know. know, you know have you heard the ex- have you heard the expression "spoiler" before? No. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's like, you know, when you watch it, a trailer and it goes yes. on, the trailer goes, yeah. and then yeah. this happens, and then she gets killed, and then they suspect him, but then they find out it was the dog all along, and you go, That's right. That's and then the Hattie whole turns bloody into... plot. Oh, well, that's about it for this week. It's been a busy old podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Oh, John, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? I was gargling with some tennis and went down the wrong hole. Sorry. Oh, that is just... I don't want to know anything about your tennis or your holes, and I can only apologise. I'll be back next week. He might get a good cuffing for that. So until then, have a lovely week. I think we're going to be talking about first gigs next week. Well, I am. Yeah, I don't know about yeah, you. What yeah. about you? Uh, yeah, first gigs, definitely. Some crackers coming up as well. Excellent. Okay, we'll look forward to talking about that and all the embarrassing things that go along with it. But until then, have a great week. Enjoy it. It's St. Patrick's Day and Wednesday and the sun has been shining. Hallelujah. We're getting there, guys. Bye. Bye. This is the end. He's very good, isn't he? He's very good.